2: Good morning, brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And we are on the first Friday of the month, believe it or not, and we are welcoming Paul D. Shelton from Warwick Shore Advisors. Good morning. How are you? Oh, oh Let me find out where Paul is. Um, no questions we're taking right now, so uh, just give us a minute, and we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to try to track down Paul, and uh, we'll be right back. This is Jesus on hour. I've never had quick entertainment. Oh, Paul, hey. Sorry, y'all. Good morning.
1: Good morning. How are you doing today?
2: I'm hanging in there. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you.
2: Good, good. Thanks for joining us this morning. So let's get started. Do we have it yet? Is the jobs report out? And why why are all people, well, not all, but why are some people stressing over a good jobs report, I guess, maybe? Yeah, it's a, it's a good jobs
1: report. Um, a, a lot of stress and angst that comes now with a positive read on the job report are, I, I guess, the interpretation of what is positive is, is what's most important um, as of right now. You know, normally and naturally, whenever we see job gains in the market, that is a good thing. But where we are in our economy, um, the more jobs we gain in the market, and uh, the higher the hourly earnings, and the longer the work week comes out to be, that means that the Federal Reserve is going to be more, um, more inclined to pursue, um, you know, a restrictive monetary policy. So, you know, what we saw today um was different from what the initial ADP report came out. ADP came out and said that there would be a potential for, you know, over four hundred thousand dollars or four hundred thousand jobs that would be added to the economy on uh earlier this week when they released their report, but the actual numbers that came out <clears throat> shows that we added two hundred and nine thousand jobs lower than the estimate of two hundred and forty thousand jobs. So it's a, it shows that we're declining in the amount of new jobs that are being added to the market, which um, shows that that is a good thing for the those that do not want, you know, more monetary tightening or higher interest rates. Um, but inside of the job report, there were some other caveats that took place. On the surface, our, you know, unemployment rate dropped from 3.7 to 3.6%. Um, But the hourly earnings, month over month, jumped by 40 basis points. So that means that um, in our pockets, in our wallets, we've seen an increase and a raise um, nationally by 40 basis points, almost half a percent in our salaries, which, if you were to equate that out um, over the whole landscape of this country, that would mean that there is a significant amount of more spending power that consumers have now that alone is, is what will cause you know many analysts and market participants to fear this particular job report because that says that inflation could yet grow a little bit higher, and we could just be in a pause in some of the inflationary pressures that we've seen over the
2: last um twenty months or so okay, so. <laughs> Good news. You may have gotten a raise. Bad news, you still got to pay more out of pocket for stuff because the prices may be going up. Right? Correct. Yeah, that's okay. Exactly correct, yep. All right. Yep.
1: So, so that's what the service trying to do um, with raising interest rates is combat those prices from, you know, ever increasing. We don't, we don't want to get to the point. I mean, and we see it short term and. And different products. Um, specifically, you know, when you look at food and energy, you typically strip those out of um, core inflation because they, the prices fluctuate so much, but it is still a part of inflation. And I know personally, two days ago, I, I saw gas for $3.11 at a Wawa, and the very next day it was $3.49. So those are some significant swings you know, that can happen in, in such a short amount of time. And as I always mentioned, you know, energy, crude oil, and gas often acts as a de facto tax for our economy because it's something that we just cannot live without.
2: Well, we may not be able to live totally without it, but we can reduce our dependence on some of that, right? We I mean, can. We have more options now.
1: We do. We do have more options, and um, but in, in order for us to, to get to a point where we're we're you know self dependent and not dependent on oil, we'll we'll take a, at least another generation or two of um, of engineering and things to, to get us globally in a society to be able to do that. Um, and a lot of trust and faith in, in the technology that is coming about in that respect. I, I mean. I know several people that that own Tesla, and, you know, me personally, I'm not a big for the car, and especially, you know, when someone is making a a two-hour drive from from Vero Beach to Orlando, and they have to sit at my house and charge for seven hours, or go find a charging port for seven hours in order to uh, be able to drive back home.
2: And run up your electric bill.
1: (laughs) Exactly. that doesn't encourage me to go out and, and um, jump off the grid when it comes to energy, especially when I have small children and you never know when I need to run to public to pick up uh, Tylenol or anything like that.
2: And your battery is low or something or right. like that, yeah. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I keep saying we need to really kind of redirect our um Focus, so just, that's just my personal thing on solar, although, you know, I, I understand there's cons as well with solar, but we can get into that another time. So um, in addition to, to the uh, jobs market, what else are we seeing with the economy right now?
1: Oh, right now we're seeing kind of uh, a double top happening when you look at U.S. Treasury. So um, Treasuries, you know, have risen off the back of the Federal Reserve, you know, rising or increasing rates. And then with the Federal Reserve taking somewhat of a of a pause or, you know, sitting on the sidelines last um, FOMC meeting, uh, we've kind of seen Treasury rates come down. And, and you know, those Treasury rates are what, you know, bleeding to our economy from the standpoint of interest rates for everything, for credit cards, the car loans, the home mortgages and things of that nature. So we did see a little reprieve in that, but now we are seeing over the last week or so that those um interest rates are or at least those treasury rates are starting to rise again back to the levels they were before the Federal Reserve took a pause. So there's a lot of question and, and belief that, you know, the Federal Reserve will hike interest rates again at their next FOMC meeting or potentially next month uh, if it is an off-cycle um, rate hike. And in doing so, um, and with that thought process being a premise, we're seeing, you know, rates creep back up to that level at, at which they reached the high, such as um, like the, the, you know, two-year Treasury. So, which is a great investment when you look at making 5% on essentially um, risk-free money. But with it being at that level, um, it's interesting to see if those rates will plateau out there and make a double top, which in in the industry, whenever you have that double top, it's usually a bearish sign that the rates are going to shoot back down below from where they came. But, if it breaks through this level and rates continue to trend higher it shows that there is still some momentum behind um, rates going higher, at least the market believes that there's momentum behind that, and potentially the federal Reserve will continue to increase rates so that's something that is you know very very much on the forefront of the mind of many economists and many investors, um, just you know really gauging what will happen from the standpoint of of the Federal Reserve. Um, Of of course, there's always geopolitical events that are out there, you know, as well, um, that are taking place. Right now, Secretary Janet Yellen is in China, and there's always seems to be a developing story behind what takes place in China um, on an ongoing basis. So, you know, those are things that we're looking out for as well because that could have significant implications on the semiconductor industry and playing into, you know a lot of that technology that we were you know just previously talking about
2: yeah i was going to ask you about china because there have been just a lot of you know whisperings or murmurings with regard to china and you know um there's already been i guess one meeting with the Chinese representative and now you mention um Janet Yellen um, meeting at the well so what is ex- as far as you know what is expected to be accomplished by these um meetings i mean things are still tense um but at the same time we you know I'm, and i'm getting back on my Uh, I guess you could say China purged, so to speak. And, and, you know, I mean, nothing personal. It's just that, you know, I I, I think we don't make the connection between what we purchase and how it impacts our our economy. Um, I I have a big bag of stuff that I've pretty much purged and, you know, made it from China and whether or not I really need it and stuff like that and and made some changes um, in, in just my wardrobe. But, I mean, there's so many other things if you look around your household and your businesses that are made in China. And you have to wonder about, you know, how it, if we switch gears just a little bit in terms of what we purchased, what kind of impact that might have.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah, it, it will and it, it would have a significant Impact globally, and I think just to, to address your first concern there, um, what is the goal, or, or what are we trying to accomplish from you know our, our time with China? Are these conversations that we're having with them? I, I think uh, what we really want to establish is a, a solid line of truthful communication, as that can lead to better you know trade agreements and lead to you know a better uh, uh, atmosphere of sharing of data which we have never received um, from China. There, we, have, we have never received um, a lot of truthfulness when it comes to how they're going to operate and use mm-hmm. our data, even going back to um, the earlier part of this century and, uh, you know, the, the end of the last century when we started outsourcing a lot of the technology and a lot of the services that, you know, our companies here in the U.S. provide to China Um, are globally to our own citizens within the U.S. um, A a lot of the proprietary data and information um, was stolen, and there was a lot of corporate espionage that took place in China, and there was no consequences, um, you know, from the standpoint of China that allowed us to be able to protect our intellectual rights of a lot of the companies and a lot of technology that we have. Um, And it's evident when you look at the products, that China produces, um, mm-hmm. and they probably they produce under their own name and under their own flag. They they look like exact replicas of things produced in America, from American companies. Things that are you know produced from British companies and other places of that nature. So they've China's kind of built a uh, a market on you know replicating not only replicating what we do, but stealing. The data and filling the uh, the technology in which we utilize and implement it on their own, so you know in the long term, we want something that will allow our domestic firms to be able to profit um, from that and, and not lose out because you know their their technology and their their r and d has been siphoned off um, by foreign agents and by foreign companies so Ultimately, that's, that's the goal. Um, most recently, um, Beijing has, you know, levied some punitive damages on, on many, you know, foreign companies in the country, you know, that are deemed to be um, unfair and, and, uh, and unrealistic, and, you know, and, and that comes in the line of some of the ex- um that they've placed on them. So if you have an American company that's operating in, in Beijing and they want to um, build, some sort of technology or widget to export that back to the U.S. or sell it to Japan or anywhere else, um, those tariffs and those taxes have increased significantly um, without cause. So those are some of the things that, that are taking place that um, are always present from a geopolitical standpoint and, and potentially pose a risk um, to, the, to the U.S. market, but those are things we're, we're definitely you know keeping an eye on.
2: Well, also too, um, and we're going to take a break in a minute. But w- the the thing is, when you look at the product, we I think one of the things that that um, causes us harm is that we tend to do, in some cases, a lot of impulse buying. So yeah. when you go to a, a product. Um, it, a lot of times, and, and I'm, I'm not against this in some cases, you know, it's like you like what you like, you're going to get what you get, period. And, you, you know, no questions, no arguments, nothing. Uh, and that's fine in some cases. In other cases, I think we need to kind of curb the impulse buying and stop and take a look at what we're buying. One, you know, where is it made? Two, And, and I'm not saying this in any particular order, but one, where is it made? Two, is it a quality product? you know um, that you're putting on yourself you know how will it look how will it fit how long will it last I mean do you end up having to go back to the same you know uh, maker manufacturer producer or or you know fashion house designer whatever for another of the same or similar product because that product wears out after two years Okay, and if you think two years is a long time, I mean, if you're taking care of your clothes and everything, it really isn't, you know. So you've got to look at, you know, what you're paying for and, and, you know, is it worth it? And maybe that will kind of slow down the spending on some of this stuff because some of this stuff is poorly made. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And and if you look at the whole, uh, the lawsuits that we had, uh, you know, Back during the last real estate boom uh, as a result of it, uh, you know regarding chinese drywall um right, you know that was a poorly made product that had significant health you know ramifications uh, for mm-hmm. for
2: yeah, because as a realtor one of one of the things uh that i usually one of the addendum that I usually pull um and that we had to pull for a long time was. The notifying uh buyers that you know, there may be Chinese drywall involved in the manufacturing of that home. So yeah. I mean there's a whole addendum on, on that, uh because of the problems with that. So But we're gonna take a quick break. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're here with Paul Z Shelton of Warwick Shore. This is G's Power Hour. I've never had a so good entertainment and we will be right back. All right, well, we're going to come back. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I've never had so good entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're here with Paul Z. Shelton of Warwick Shore Advisors. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. And speaking of of things that uh, we're paying more for, uh, because everybody thinks we have more money in our pockets now, is uh, mortgage rates? We're um, I think uh, they've gone up to over seven percent. Um, they they've been fluctuating a lot now, but definitely um, uh, I think this time last year we were in the threes maybe, <laughs> and now we're uh, for a thirty year fixed uh, mortgage rate. Um, it's seven point two two percent that I'm seeing. This is uh, from a CNBC report. Um overnight so um the thing is in on top of that, there's still you know people uh trying to outbid each other for houses uh, because the the properties are not there um and then within the attempt to build affordable housing still uh you're still looking at having to pay extra for land and have to pay extra for materials so um what what are you seeing?
1: Yeah, I'm seeing um, that the real estate market is, is, you know, still. I dare not say booming, in the face of um, these higher interest rates. Uh, you're you're not seeing the, you know, the deal flow as easy as they were, of course, a year ago. But mm-hmm. I am still seeing that at certain, um, I like guess, certain price points, and that's probably. Maybe you know near five hundred thousand half a million above um deal flow is still you know taking place in in that area and you, you may have a closer reading on that than than I do but i I just see a lot of things that are that are still selling in um different neighborhoods and I do remember um back during the great recession uh, when a lot of real estate dried up significantly um those that were still purchasing million-dollar homes, two million-dollar homes, they were never affected by it. So, you know, we, we may be getting into that scenario now just on a different level to where those that are, you know, looking for the affordable housing are unfortunately going to continue to look, but those that can't afford, you know, the half-a-million-dollar home and, and somewhere north of that with interest rates near 8%, um, they'll still continue, you know, to trudge along and continue to buy.
2: Yeah, because I mean, the fact of the matter is, some people kind of have to buy. I mean, it, it, there's there's if there's something there, and you know, sometimes it's unfortunately not a matter of whether or not you can afford it, but whether or not you. You know, you actually need to do it. And and, the, and part of the issue right now is some people are holding on to properties uh, because of all of the chaos going on with, you know, if I don't hold on to my property, if I go try to find something else, what is out there for me? And what is out there may not be as nice as what they currently have because Correct. of the the prices that have gone up. So. You know, you're spending more for something that doesn't meet your full criteria um, or, you know, or is maybe older than what you want or maybe has more things to work on than what you want. And then, like I said on top of it, you're paying a higher interest rate. However, with, with that being said, I, you know, if it's something that you want and need and the interest rate isn't what you want now, there, it, you, I, I suggest still considering it because with it going up and down, there may be a, po- a possibility that you could, uh, you know, refinance with a lower rate later. You know, so
1: yeah, very
2: true, very true. Yeah. So, so are we are we seeing any um, other things in regards to the uh, uh, impact from? the war going on in ukraine is that having any influence in, in terms of what's going on with us
1: uh not not on the surface as of, as of right now the biggest
2: influence that it had on us
1: um well direct influence that it had on us and the rest of the global theater was a the spike in, in oil prices uh, when the when the war first you know you know took off
0: mm-hmm. but we're
1: not seeing that it really affect us at this point. Um, it is a humanitarian drag on on the economy, you know, because there are, from a humanitarian standpoint, there are things that, you know, the global theater wants to do to participate and help. Um, with that, with those war efforts, which are very, very costly, and could potentially lead to inflationary pressures as well. But as, as of now, um, Without us having, you know, to put boots on the ground, I think, you know, we've seen, hopefully we've seen, you know, the worst of the, the impact on the on our economy that this war will have, and ho- hopefully we've seen the worst that this war is going to have, and it will end and, and wrap up soon, because it's really devastating of what's taking place right now.
2: Okay. What other things should we be looking out for in the next month in terms of the impact? Um, what do you, uh, I wanted to ask you also, because we got away from some of the job stuff a little bit. I wanted to ask you, what are you seeing with regards to our tur- tourist economy here in, in Florida, in Central Florida? And um, uh, I wanted to ask you, with regards to the jobs report, where did you see the most growth in terms of jobs? That people you know I mean we have students in about a month or so that are going to be going back to school, you know they they're kind of probably wanting to say, "Okay, where should my focus be some of the the smart ones in terms of you know things I should be taking or or interns that I should be doing with regard to uh potential jobs for me,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely, so um in our local economy, I haven't seen anything drop off when it comes to travel and leisure. Um, I've actually, you know, realized a a lot of people have, you know, just personally my family, a lot of people have continued to travel to Orlando um, and and come to resorts, and and they're booking up rooms now. Specifically, we have some family in town now um, for a week, and they came here because they've been trying to come over the last um, they said year but they couldn't mm-hmm. find anything available and, and we're able to, to book this out in advance so they took advantage of it so I think the travel and leisure at least from the standpoint of of our area is um, has found a, a foundation um, that it can grow upon and we're still seeing you know continued growth in, in that area in, in our um, in job gains but it's not what the not the Sector, I should say, that's leading, you know, continued growth in the economic um, development post COVID. So right now, you know, what the, the most recent report showed is that there's been a trend up in, in government. So a lot of people have went to, you know, government sector jobs, um, healthcare and social social assistance, and construction. So traveling and leisure, you know, is no longer being listed as one of the leading sectors of, of adding new jobs, which could mean that we're potentially at a somewhat near of a peak, our, our topping mechanism when it comes to uh, fulfilling those jobs, and we'll just kind of move forward in a normal pace of job growth in that particular industry as new hotels are added, new employees are added, and things of that nature. Um, we do have a new theme park that's coming to Orlando, that will produce a a significant amount of jobs for the travel and leisure industry. But, you know, like I mentioned before, of the four sectors that led the jobs report um, in the month of June, healthcare, you know, was highlighted as as one of the ones that had significant growth. Um, Again, Mm -hmm. with us being in, in Central Florida and in Florida in a retirement state, which is deemed Retirement state, Um, healthcare is something that's very, very important. Um, We can continue to see somewhat of a shortage in in nursing jobs and nursing opportunities, and and, um, we're we're seeing those those jobs start to to recycle and come back online. I I would be curious, though, to to truly understand what this data is um, saying because I don't think we've seen so much. As a seismic shift and new um, healthcare workers come to the market, I think what we're seeing now is more so those that were traveling um, such as travel nurses um, nurse practitioners and traveling physicians um, those positions are starting to phase out because of the pandemic is over and more people are going back to the typical um, contract are the typical positions that they've had, you know, with their hospitals before w- without being on a travel contract. So as we're seeing a lot of that take place over and over again, I think it's more so just those nurses and those physicians that are transitioning back to being a full-time employee of the hospital or their medical facility as opposed to being a, an employee of a of a travel agency.
2: Well, One of the things I want to talk about when we come back, Paul, is uh, we just celebrated our nation's freedom. But we need to talk a little bit more about freedom in a different perspective. We want to talk a little bit more about financial independence and freedom. So Paul's going to help me with that when we come back. So this is G's Power Hour. I've never had so good entertainment, and we will be right back.
0: dedicated to serving our families
2: good afternoon welcome back to G's power hour I never had it so good entertainment I am your host G thanks so much for being with us today we are here with Paul G Shelton junior of Warwick Shore Advisors and um, not taking questions now but if you have a question for Paul save it up God willing he'll be back with us next month Um, and uh, I'll get all your questions to him but in the meantime I wanted to focus a little bit, Paul, on financial freedom uh, and, and things we could do, you know, and, and getting people to realize that um, it doesn't necessarily happen overnight and uh, obviously you're not going to be 100% free, but there are some things to, that would allow you to have a better quality of life uh, a little free more freedom from worrying about finances if you just do some simple things, right?
1: Simple things that we do in in our in our lives that could allow us to have um that financial freedom that we desire and that we that we seek.
2: Okay, so Let's I actually want to start out from the beginning um from childhood. I know for me, you know one of the things that my parents did was to um open help me open a, an account that I think it was washington shorts uh, federal credit union it was um on i'm gonna probably get my streets mixed up, but goldwyn. Um, in Washington Shores when I was a little girl because that's where we lived at the time. But it, it, no matter where we were, there was always an effort for to get me to open up an account and show me how to balance a checkbook because I had a tendency to just tell my folks, well, just write a check and not have a concept of where the money was coming from and that that check had to be backed and that you just didn't write a check and it just covered everything. Um, I know we don't deal with checks now, but I think one of the simple things is to make sure that whatever funds that we have, whatever money we take in, that we have to manage it and budget it correctly and a lot for certain things like even though you have to pay bills, you still have to allot for things like an emergency fund, and you still have to allot for um, entertainment expenses, right? Correct. Okay. So how do we get started?
1: Yeah, so there there are a, a lot of things that we can do with budgeting, and, and it comes down to really answering the hard questions, you know, how do I spend my money, where do I spend my money, and, and what... Out of those things are are of most importance to me, and a lot of time our creature comforts tend to outweigh um, our levels of discipline. And you know, I, I get those phone calls and I, I deal with um, you know clients when I do financial planning, and a lot of times that's the the eye opener. You know, to you know, wow, I I spent I, I'm I'm spending you know forty five dollars a week. You know, at Starbucks, and that's a significant amount of money. And and when you actually look at how much that's spent out on those types of things, um, you can save a great deal of money that could be um, repurposed, really, into, into saving for a vacation, or you know, putting it into a, a retirement account, a Roth account, or traditional IRA and allow for really, really good growth and, and wealth generation over time and allow for you to not only, uh, you know, accumulate that wealth but use that money to, to pay down debt. And, you know, you know it's a sacrifice because, you know, for those are, you know, major coffee drinkers that love their Starbucks or whatever the case may be, it's a, it's a sacrifice to give it up, but you, you have to, you know, have that discipline and say, you know, what's most important. Um, to me, as of today and, and as of right now, and and oftentimes, you know that that process of budgeting and of seeing everything on paper allows us to to refocus and repurpose those things. And, and budgeting should not be a um, a process or a tool that's looked at as a you, you know a form of, of financial discipline. It should be looked at as a form of financial encouragement. You know the the mere fact that you are able to to budget and stick to it and have the discipline to do that should not feel punitive to you, but it should feel rewarding um, to you and allow you to be able to have that freedom, that financial freedom that's out there. Um, I had a meeting with um, an individual yesterday that you know purchased a home in the last year and, and you know doing some things to consolidate debt and. Is at a point where, you know, they felt like they were not doing as well as as they should be at the age of 31 years old. But you know, I encourage this individual that you, you know you purchase a home. Um, individual has, you know, roughly about $45,000 in in a retirement savings account and have some extra money that they're investing on the side and saving and and has an outlook and goal for things in the future. Um, So, like you mentioned before, you know, it's not always, you know, one and done and and quick, and it's not always the, um, like we see on Instagram and social media where, you know, someone is, you know, able to pay off $300,000 of debt in, in five months from this strategic plan or whatever. That doesn't always work and that doesn't always happen. That's not always true. But for many cases, like the individual I just described, when you're disciplined and you're, you're sticking to those goals you have for yourself, um, it does not become a penalty in life. I mean, that individual was still able to, to take on their debt and purchase a home in the process of doing that and start building wealth from that standpoint and, and still have some opportunities for leisure but just in a very formatted way.
2: The one thing that I wanted to emphasize is don't let people make you feel bad or ashamed or any kind of way about doing whatever it takes in terms of cost cutting. Uh, Just because they wouldn't do it does not mean that that doesn't work for you. Um, I used to clip coupons when when you used to have the Sunday paper. When I used to get the Sunday paper and they used to have coupons, that was part of my Sunday ritual. I sat down, watched CBS Sunday morning after church, and I clipped coupons. Now, I don't necessarily clip coupons in that way anymore. But what I do, there, I have to say, there are a variety of apps out there that will assist you in saving money. There are apps that that just actually don't do anything but help you budget. But in addition to that, there are apps that you could use where you find ways to get points toward gift cards. Like right now I have, let's say, uh, I want to say about $25 in gift cards for AMC to go to the movies. Number one, number two, I'm going to a matinee <laughs> okay i'm not I'm going where there's the deep discount to go to the movies, okay so that that and I'm going to the movie theater that is not going to charge me the arm and the leg. number three, number four, I'm a senior citizen, I'm taking advantage of the senior citizen discount, and I'm not ashamed of it. Okay, because there are some people that are still a little bit vain about doing that type of stuff. And, you know, it's like, okay, how much money am I coming out of my pocket with to enjoy myself with me and my husband at the movies versus how much money are you spending and how much money will we have left if we decide maybe we want to go out to dinner afterwards, you know, something like that. So just wanted to throw that out there, too.
1: Yeah, and, and and honestly, what you're describing is a is a is a trait of many wealthy people that I know, um, and, and that I that I see. And oftentimes, I, I think we get jaded by social media because we see um, the twenty year old that you know started some product or you know started trading on the stock market when they were sixteen, and now they have twenty million dollars, and there's Lamborghinis everywhere, and houses and they're applying, you know, just this whole extravagant lifestyle, which really isn't truly realistic. Um, And on the the inverse of that, you know, I know individuals that are, you know, retired in their 70s or in, in their 60s near retirement that have been disciplined with putting $200 away into mutual funds every month since the 70s. And those individuals are are walking around with houses paid for, um, nice houses that are are free and clear, um, no debt, and and plenty of plenty of assets to show for it. And it's not the, again, it's not the sexy route of, you know, developing some fancy technology products or learning the day trade and and just becoming rich overnight. But it's the discipline of of formatting your life to say, hey, every month I'm going to put this away, every month I'm going to put this away, then, you know, lo and behold, you know, after a few years, after 10 years, after, you know, another decade, um, life is transpiring and you're staying disciplined on that track. And next thing you know, you'll have millions of dollars there.
2: Yeah. You know, and the thing about it is you kind of got to stop comparing your life to other people's lives. Uh, your life is your life, and, it, it, it's not, and if you're unfortunately, if you are African African American, you in a lot of cases are working at a disadvantage because um, your income is not fair. Your income, in a lot of cases, is is uh, not on par with those of of your other counterparts. So you're working with less. But then on TV, they're trying to sell you the same lifestyle as someone else that's making more than you do. So you have to keep that in mind. And, and the thing is, whatever it is that you see that you think that you want, then you've got to, uh, in some cases, either work harder or sacrifice more in order to get it. So you have, And it may take you longer to That's the thing. Um, when I'm selling houses and stuff, one of the things i got to get people to understand is that this is not necessarily the dream home right now you know there are people that are able to do that but don't try to start out in in your 20s with the dream home okay Uh, (laughs) because you may end end up with the dream home for what a year before you end up going bankrupt you know very true
1: that is very very true
2: So you have to get with someone like Paul or or someone and and devise a plan that works for you, that gets you there, you know. And it's not too late making changes, number one. Number two, it is not, you can't necessarily do it all at once. Sometimes you just can't get it to happen right away or overnight. So, you know, you have to. This, this is where patience comes in, and patience is not an antiquated thing. You know, you know, you, you may want it now, but you may just have to wait a little bit and, and strategize. So, yeah, and and but.
1: that's it. that's that's the key to it. And and like you said, mentioned before, you know, that, that trait that I see that many uh, entrepreneurs and and many wealthy people have is don't be afraid to utilize those coupons and don't be afraid to, to do things. Um, you know, oftentimes we see people driving, you know, that Porsche or, you know, BMW or things of that nature, and and we just want to go out and get that to match what they have. But, you know, there are other websites that are out there that sell uh, represent cars that are brand new, um, Porsche. Mm-hmm you know, Lamborghinis and that, things of that nature that are, are selling for 40 cents on the dollar. So, you know, I, I know, you know, a handful of people that do that. They they like, you know, fancy cars and things of that nature, but by no means will they ever go to a dealership and pay that sticker price for no. it. They'll, they'll say, we'll, no. we'll wait and, and find it um, in an auction or, or find it somewhere else, you know, that may be a year old or two years old and,
2: and enjoy it for yeah, because
1: uh, a discount.
2: For the most car, for the most part, cars lose value almost immediately after. The, they're not like houses; they lose value almost immediately after you pull them off the the lot. Okay? Correct. Um, and then, uh, on top of that, there are a, a variety of ways to to get cars. Um, because I had a ser- unfortunate series of accidents that were not my fault, let me clarify. Um, I ended up having to unexpectedly buy cars in the last few years where I hadn't planned on buying a car for probably another 5-10 years. Um, One of the things that we did is went through Sam's Club. We have a Sam's Club membership. And for those of you that balk at getting some of those memberships, number one, they do pay off in a variety of ways depending on how you use it. Uh, Number two, you can get some of those memberships at a discount on sites like Groupon and Living Social and other, you know, they do have offers for those memberships. But I went through Sam's and got my last two cars through there and got uh, discounts. Some of them, you know, not necessarily a big thing, but every little bit that you save helps, you know. And, and so, for my what uh, forty-five dollar membership or whatever, um, I ended up saving probably three hundred bucks on a car, so it hmm. paid for itself. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. But we're going to take our final break, and we're going to talk more about uh ways that you could, you know, take a look you know, reassess you know, how you're managing your money um going forward and just little things that will make a big difference. Uh here with Paul Z Shelton of Warwick Shore Advisors, this is G's Power Hour. I never had a so good entertainment and we will be right back.
0: dedicated to serving our families.
2: Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar. Or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast let us help. At Our Gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call Our Gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email gatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour I've Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. Um, We are here with Paul D. Shelton of Warwick Shore before we go on talking about how you can begin your way to financial freedom or at least, um, you know, improve upon whatever your plan is right now. Wanted to tell you that on Monday, as usual, second Monday, we have Candace Thomas on, but we are going to talk a little bit about the Crown Act. And if you have not heard about the Crown Act, which unfortunately right now is not law in Florida, Uh, Go ahead and look that stuff up, you know, and if you know people in states where the uh, the Crown Act is is law, you know, have them call us, you know, and let us know have you seen a change in the Crown Act, I mean since the Crown Act has been enacted. um, It's passed the House, the Senate no. so you might want to talk to your senators. I've reached out to the offices of our senators here in Florida uh, Rick Scott and Marco Rubio and have not heard back yet. Hopefully we'll hear something back by Monday um, In the meantime uh, Also next uh, Wednesday we have dr. Taiwan Philman and next Friday. We have uh, our diet diva Tara Collingwood it, uh, We're talking a little financial freedom with Paul Shelton. So what other tips do you have for us Paul?
1: be as financially prudent as possible, um, especially moving forward. Uh, there's still a, a potential prospect that we could see some turbulence in the markets ahead, especially as the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates. So we never want to be caught flat, but it um, just could be that time where, you know, we want to assess, you know, what's going on with our, with our finances, um, with our insurance policies, um, maybe it is a time to um, do an RFP or, or re- look at some of those policies that we have, some of those expenses that we have, and, and really be disciplined about it. Um, you know, reach out to, to myself or reach out to any other financial advisor that can help you with a, developing a budget or a, a financial plan that can give you everything from soups to nuts, from, you know, your, your budgeting today to through estate planning and developing a trust and all those different things. So, you know, those are the things that I think you should, you know, really focus on um, for the second half of this year. We've seen tre- tremendous uh, market returns in the first half of the year, and it's possible that those returns will carry through to the second half of the year, but it is also very positive are possible that we could see somewhat of a mean reversion in those market returns and, and somewhat of a mean reversion in uh, the economic outlook. Um, that we are facing right now. So just be as prudent as possible when it comes to those things financially.
2: Now, one of the things I have to say, i got to go back with you uh, a little bit, uh, Paul, on the Starbucks thing. Um, because, yeah, no, I, I'm a Starbucks fan. I'm going to admit that. But, number one, I'm not doing Starbucks five days a week. That's usually my um, paycheck treat, okay? So, you know, payday, I go to Starbucks maybe. Um The other thing, too, is when you're making these um, purchases, you don't necessarily have to get the biggest or most expensive thing, because one of the things I found when I do my Starbucks is I try to practice portion control because, you know, uh, it, it it does sometimes go to places on my body that I don't want it to go. So, you know, portion control is also a little bit of budget control at the same time. Um, a lot of times if you're going out to, you know, eat and, you know, you can't finish it, don't feel forced to finish your, your breakfast lunch or dinner. You know, pack that stuff up, and that's good for another meal. And that means you've gotten two meals for the price of one. Uh, don't And stop worrying about what other people think. You have to do you on that. Um, and then the other thing, too, now I've had Starbucks twice this week. One I paid for out of my pocket, the other one I paid for out of um, one of those um, apps that I mentioned that allowed me to accumulate points, and I converted those points into a cup of Starbucks mocha. So there are ways to enjoy things in your life uh, without necessarily having to always come out of pocket. It takes a little time and strategy and planning. Uh, but that's one thing I will say. The other thing that I will say in the real estate um, arena is that you don't have to get the most expensive house on the market, number one. Um, you know, take a look at some of the fixer-uppers up, fixer on there. Now, they're not going to go um, as well as you see on the TV shows, the home improvement shows. And even if you really uh, aren't, you know, doing the rose-colored glasses and get impressed by what happens at the end, um the thing that you'll notice is that they run into glitches. They have to go back and have more money to fix some of the stuff that goes on. It does happen, but in the end, it may be a worthwhile investment, and that's the other thing. Keep in mind that purchasing of a home is an investment as well as, a, you know, you because know, it's an investment in your pocket as well as an investment in your peace of mind and security. So just remember that when you're doing that. Um, there are a variety of, uh, of opportunities out there to get uh, additional funds to make the home purchase or to make even the home improvements. So just keep that in mind. Also look at those pro- those um, programs that places like uh, Duke Energy and other utilities have where you can uh, cut down on your electric bills. Um, Go back every year and reassess your uh cable bill or whatever your entertainment bills are to see if you can get a better deal. But uh it does require work. Have a monthly family meeting on these things. Take ideas even from the kids. They may have some ideas too in terms of, you know, why are you spending money on this? You know, we could be spending money on that. You know, they're not they're wise sometimes beyond their years. So I would just throw that out there as well.
1: Paul, you have any other ideas? No, I I definitely resound the same sentiment that you have. Yeah, and, um, yeah, those are all all great things and things that I I share, you know, with my clients. Um, You know, again, when you're budgeting, you don't want it to be, you know, a a discipline to you. So, you know, part of budgeting is budgeting for leisure as well. So there's nothing wrong with, with getting... Um, those cups of coffee and, and things of that nature. I do the same thing, um, but everything in moderation is, is done um, with a prudent, prudent in a prudent manner. Will you know produce that you you would want to see long term?
2: So, Paul, how do people reach you if they have
1: questions? Uh, you can reach me at uh, warrickshore.com. That's W-A-R. W I C K S H O R E dot com, or you can reach us at four zero seven four nine three six two eight eight.
2: And I would say also, because I, I I hear you, Paul, when you're talking about the gas and stuff, how it's fluctuated and stuff. And most times, you know, when when I'm home, I go to uh, like I said, Sam's. Uh, but when I'm on the road or away from home. Uh, you know, that's not necessarily a convenient thing. So they do have gas apps out there. You know, Gas Buddy has an app. They have a card. You can save, you know, things. Um, Your local 7-Eleven even have, uh, if you join their program, you can save. I heard somebody tell somebody the other day, you know, if you open up, you know, uh, an account right now, you get 11 cents um, a gallon back. You know, who can't use 11 cents a gallon bag? That adds up to another partially another gallon of gas, you know. Definitely. Uh, yeah. So we just, we just want you to just think a little bit um, in terms of when you're making your financial plans, you know, maybe think a little bit outside the box, as, as some people would say, in order to get the most bang for your buck. Anyway, thanks, Paul, so much. We look forward to having you back next month. Sounds good. Look forward to being back. And thank you all for being with us. Have a blessed and wonderful weekend. Be safe. This is G's Power Hour. I've never had so good entertainment. FYI, if you're going to the beach, watch out for those lifeguard flags. Be well, be safe, be blessed, and please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. We'll make it all right